it's the same thing with like yeah no shit it's the same thing it's not a creek it's a crick a creek is what happens when you step on a fucking floor it's a creek yeah (laughs) fucking assholes Peekaboo, you fuck you. I see you, you motherfucker. Do you want to talk or do you want to bet? We had two bags of grass, 75 pellets of mescaline, five sheets of high powered water acid, a salt shaker half full of cocaine, a whole galaxy of multicolored uppers, downers, screamers, lappers, also a quarter tequila. Quarter rum, case of beer, find a raw ether, two dozen in. Counting cards is a foolproof system. It's also illegal. It's not illegal, it's frowned upon, like masturbating on an airplane. I'm pretty sure that's illegal too. Yeah, maybe after 9-11 where everybody gets sensitive. Thanks a lot, Bitmod. <laughs> yeah, calm down. <laughs> so, <laughs> born ready. You want have, hostility instead? The, yeah, the hostility oh, on a standby. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome everybody to Vegas Confessions. Uh, this is episode 19, I believe. Is that correct? That's correct. I'm asking everybody because I lost track of where we're at. And now we got rid of the uh, the half decimals. So, welcome to Vegas Confessions. Um, On this one, we're going to go ahead and touch base a little bit on history. Um, We're going to do some shout-outs. We're going to recap a little bit Eric's trip and uh, some odds and ends. So, you know, if you guys missed us, here we are. I'm Shane. I'm Julian. I'm Eric. Speaking of Eric, you're back, kind of, sort of, from AC, correct? I am. Well, yeah, sure. I'm back from AC. I left. So uh, when we spoke last week, I was there for a couple of days. And then I had spent the 4th of July back at Ocean Resort with my family. And uh, today we're recording on the 5th. And uh, I had to be back at work at 9 a.m. So we had a uh, early departure back in non-Atlantic City, New Jersey. (laughs) <laughs> not Atlantic City, New Jersey. That's what it says on the sign when you come into the city, I'm sure. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, exactly. So um, I'm actually going to start out shout outs real quick because I don't want either one of you fuckers to steal this one. Um, I've only got <laughs> one, <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead. And uh, this is a kudos on Chris off Aces and Aces. He actually has his three-year anniversary. It came up this week. Um, guy's been doing podcasts for a long time, and this uh, Faces and Aces has made us through your jump. And that, in the podcast community, is kind of cool. So, dude, that's awesome. And that's all I had. <laughs> oh, okay. Go ahead, Eric. You go again. I get to go second again. I love it. All right. So, so my shout-out goes to Bethany Walsh from Miles to Memories. Mm. She is a travel blogger with a heavy bend on – Uh, Not only casino gambling, uh, but also uh, different insight into the uh, casino and travel world. She just got back from an extended trip to Las Vegas, and um, she just provides an awful lot of insight and a lot of good information. Uh, She's a friend of uh, Travel Zork. She was a speaker at ZorkFest. And um, she's, she's been putting out a lot of really good information. So check out Bethany Walsh at milestomemories.com. She's really cool. When I met her, she was pretty impressive, uh, what she does. It's pretty neat. Yeah, she was super fun to meet at a Zork Fest in Vegas. I think I ran by her at the first Zork Fest, but the second one, 
when I got to meet her and she was like, so uh, I see we're going to be playing in the craps tournament, but uh, when are we going to go play some real craps? Like, oh, yeah, I like this room and she's awesome. Yeah. Good time. That's exactly right. Exactly right. So I do have a couple and I'm liking this going last because nobody's stealing anybody. Seem to be oh, working out. Oh, there you go. So I got our buddy Jay Schwartz, who was representing Vegas Confessions on his cruise this past week. The guy sent us some photos of himself in his VC shirt. In the cruise ship casino with some craps dealers. I swear that guy makes <laughs> friends everywhere he goes. Um, we also have our buddy Vegas Bun Boy. He created a friendly World Cup bracket with teams assigned to podcasters and listeners, right? And so me and Shane, we got assigned France. And we're just going to throw <laughs> Eric in the bunch, too, because his team didn't do so well. But we'll be, t- <laughs> we'll be taking on... Our buddies over at You Can Bet on That in Uruguay Friday. So, you know what, guys? What we say over here, we, we, you can bet on that and bring it, boys. Also, want to wish a happy birthday to our buddy Tim from The Better Life, who had a birthday this past week. His oh, yeah. wife took him as a surprise. They went skydiving, so I thought that was really cool. Oh, my God, dude. I couldn't. I just couldn't. Ah, oh, that's too much. I used to it's when I was fun, younger. Right? I couldn't even imagine so this was number 33 for Mr. Tim Lawson. And he had asked all of his listeners to uh, place a bet on the hard six in, uh, you know, in tribute to his 33rd birthday. Uh, I made it a point to do so. I uh, placed a bet on the hard six, uh, followed by an immediate seven out. <laughs> so, um, Tim, if you're listening, I was with you in spirit. And I took care of the dealers and the waitress as if I had one. So uh, nice. your birthday wishes should extend to uh, those around us. All right. You go with the shout outs on your side? Yes, sir. All done. Okay. All right. So um, yay for the shout outs. What we're going to do is there's one call that came in. It was actually uh, from Ontario. And he called in and you guys check it out. And then I've got some comments just quick after and we'll go forth. Hey, this is uh Leonard Sterling, that I'd uh, call in and uh, let you guys know about something that happened in, uh, in Ontario. It was at uh, Gateway Casinos London on uh, Saturday night, June 30th. Uh, they had uh, three draws. Two draws were for $5,000 cash, and the third draw was for a Harley Davidson motorcycle. Interesting thing that happened was the same individual won all three electronic draws. It was unbelievable, and the crowd was outraged. And uh, what I wanted to say was that the uh, ballots were earned on uh, based on uh, coin in instead of points. So an electronic table games player or video roulette player could earn far more ballots than that of a uh, slot player. Anyway, I thought I'd let you know on uh, what happened at the casino. One winner, three draws. It was unreal. So, yeah. So when that came in, it was, first of all, that never happens. I mean, the same person, a group of people winning the same thing. I, I, and on top of that, I couldn't even imagine 
how pissed off everybody that was fucking part of that or in the raffle. <laughs> what they, I could just a look on their faces when it just kept coming up, especially the first time. It's like, you know, okay, this one. They're like, okay, well, we still have a chance. Then the same person. Then the same person. That would really probably fucking get my goat. I'm I'm pretty sure. It's okay. We all know who's buying drinks. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Hit him up for that. But, you yeah. know, when you're talking about randomness, I, I don't think – I mean, again, gambling's gambling. But, man, that never – you know, I, well, Eric, you and I were talking about it earlier. You said something less maybe there's something about it being fixed or perhaps, you know, I don't know. I'm not accusing anybody. All I'm saying is sometimes when it seems too good to be true, right. it might be. Right. Yeah. Totally understand that. So I guess another thing, um, Eric, if you want to, I know we had you on last week. You were visiting. We had a phone interview. It was awesome. Any wrap-ups for how that went, you know, for the end? Because we were, you were on what, day two? You were just on the grand uh, opening, I think. No, previous. first day. That was the first day. Oh, okay. I had uh, I had another day at Ocean uh, after we had recorded. Uh, it's just a magnificent property. I mean, it really... There's just so much space to enjoy the beach, the ocean, um, the amenities there. It was um, it was so nice that I had left and came back three days later with my family. <laughs> um, I've got an interesting point of discussion. Oh, so, please. all right, I have I have two little kids, and. Uh, I brought them down, and we're not discussing kids in Atlantic City like we did kids in Vegas, because <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to hear that. Don't cross that either. line. Holy don't shit! I'll fucking them. spit up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but here here's what we did. We had a we had a lovely suite that it was a corner suite that had uh, floor to ceiling windows on two sides in two rooms. And what we were able to do is just kind of sit in the air conditioning and watch the fireworks from the room. And what I decided, you know, we, we spent like hours at the pool. And by the way, Ocean has, I think, seven pools. Oh, um, the one that's wow. right for kids is inside and outside. So we spent a lot of time at the pool. Then we came back to the room and I ordered room service for dinner. And when room service came... There were two lines. There's an 18% autograt built in. Built in uh, here we and go. then there was a separate line for a tip. Huh. So, yeah. So when he gave me the receipt for the room charge, there's a place where you write in a tip. But the 18% autograt was there. Now, I'm not opposed to tipping more for great service. And, you know, this was totally fine. But I had mentioned, I said, well, I see there's an autograt in there. Does that mean that the tip is already taken care of? And he said to me, well, I mean, some people do give more. <laughs> and it, it didn't really answer the question, right? <laughs> he did it so, right. <laughs> so I'm looking at it, and let's be clear. I ordered you know, two cheeseburgers for the kids and um, I think like a spinach thing for my wife and I was good. And this was like $84 before Holy the autograph. Shit. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So 18% on $84. I'm thinking to myself, well, I mean, I think $15 for a tip is good to deliver the food. 
Yeah. Like he was, he was totally fine. I have no, no issue with the service, but I don't normally do in-room dining. I'm not really, I'm not really sure. Like, is this guy trying to, you know, hustle me for more money or is that money not really going to him? So I asked him specifically, cause I want to take care of him. I'm not a cheap guy. Right, I right. just, you know, I, I don't want to just give money away for no reason. So I asked him explicitly and I said, here's my question. There's an auto grant on here. Does that money go to you? And he said, well, kind of. Mm. Like I'm looking for the guy to give me an answer <laughs> where either I'm going to give him more money or I'm not going to give him more <laughs> right, money. Right, right, right. And, and he's not giving it to me straight. So I said, okay, one last time, I'm just confirming then that gratuity is included here. And he said, yes, sir, gratuity is included here. So I zeroed out the tip. He wound up getting like a, it was basically a $15 tip for the bill. 84 became basically a hundred. Right. Um, and Jesus for two like fucking he, cheeseburgers. And and like, oh, it bas- basically. Oh. Yeah. I mean, there were, yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, like, am I, am I being cheap? Like, is this wrong? Like where, like, what am, what am I supposed to do? And there's no real handbook on it. You know, I didn't know where right. to go. And the only guy that I could ask if I should be giving more money is the guy who had been giving the money to. And he didn't know. Who has <laughs> so no idea. Who yeah. has no idea. No, exactly. I, don't, I don't know that he had yeah. no idea. I just, no. you know, I think most people are, um, either they've had a few drinks or they, you know, they just don't want to bother and they'll just write in another 15 or 20%. Well, Okay, so real not to cut you off, but that's I guess that's a a discussion to a certain point. When you have that auto gratuity in there, is there do different places do it different ways as far as where that money spins out of and divides up, or is it automatically go to a certain thing? No, I I think different places handle it differently. Mm. If he said to me, "This is really like a delivery charge, and I'm not going to really see most of it." I would have given him more money. There you go. I would have made it a point. Like I, I, I specifically asked at least three times, like I'm looking for him to give me a reason. <laughs> and you know, like, I, I don't know if it's like their procedure that they're, you know, they're not allowed to or whatever, but there needs to be some clarity around it because when I see 18% auto grant built in, I think, all right, well, for average service, like that's sufficient. I shouldn't have to go above and beyond for it. And, you know, he didn't do anything to lead me to believe it was anything other than, well, some people give more, so why don't you? Right, exactly. Right? Yeah. And the last last thing I want to be is cheap to a server or to – you know, somebody along those lines, I've been there. I, I, I know what that's yep. like. Knowing that their wage is piss anyway, as they come and do the best job that they can possibly do. You know, it's kind of a shitty deal. That kind of goes a lot of stuff that we talk about Vegas and what Vegas is doing with all these add-ons and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that CNF breaks down. Charges, yeah. yeah, God damn. Well, but, but I had never seen, and admittedly, I'm not an in-room dining kind of a guy, but I had never seen a separate line for gratuity and tip. Right. And of course the gratuity has the number built into it. So, you know, to any of our listeners, if you know more about this, if you can help shed some light, please give us a call or tweet at me, like 
help me understand like am am i like a cheap bastard because i didn't want to give him <laughs> i don't i don't know that, dude. that's that's not my intent <laughs> i wanted to take care of the guy but you know from every answer he was giving me i could only believe that the 15 dollars was going to him it's one of those questions that you always wonder about. I've seen that come up too on a lot of areas and situations I've been in. I'm not one forever for chimpy because these guys, you know, some of these people live off their tips. They really do. Well, there was definitely this awkward moment when I handed it back to him and I'm like, <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know what the right thing to do is here. Right. Right. Like, you know, if, uh, generally when I go to a restaurant where it's full service and you're, you're taking care of everything, like uh, 20% is, you know, standard for me. Right. And that's going to be, that's going, like, you have to screw it up to get less than 20% from me. Right. But, you know, he wasn't really serving anything and he wasn't clearing any plates and there certainly weren't drink refills or anything like that. He dropped off the cart and set it up next to the, you know, we had like a little dining area in the room and, you know, he was nice to my kids and I, I appreciate all of that, but it was kind of like, all right, well, if I wanted to make it 20%, do I give him like an extra two bucks to make it right? Like, is that right. like that? So that do you, feel good do either. you usually tip that 20? Like I know 15 is a standard across the board. I think it went up a percent or two, right? In the last well, couple of years. I think it was a hundred dollar tab. Right. I I worked through college in the restaurant yeah. business, mm-hmm. so I, I'm sure Jay will agree with me. Like yes, when sir. you work it, when you work in the business, you start at 20, like exemplary service. You go above 20. Oh, like yeah. for me to leave 15 percent, that's going to be like, well, you did your job, but you really like basically just phoned it in the whole time. Right. And for me to go over fifth, for me to go under fifteen percent, I gotta think like you're you're totally like way out of line for what you're doing, because that that was absolutely how I paid my way through school, and I look at it as maybe it's not an obligation for everybody, but for somebody who made their wages off of tips for a number of years, like now it's your turn to pay it forward. Like that is no right. longer right. my. Uh, I don't want to say plight, but for lack of a better way to describe it, that is no longer my plight. But there were people that were good to me when that that was how I paid my bills. So now it's my job to make sure that the next group of people have, you know, maybe a little bit better than they would have otherwise. Well, you pay it forward. And that's a whole thing. And the only reason I ask about that is because, you know, in my area, Washington State, Utah, whatever, a lot of the times, you know, it's like around the 18 percent. 15 if it's low bottom. I, I know people. I shit you not. I know people. I don't, you know, deal with them much. They, they and I can see the look on their face when they're not happy with what happens. Something comes too late or they're being ignored. They already have their idea about what they're going to dip in their head. And it just goes down a dollar every single time something doesn't happen. And it's just a, you know, it's a shitty thing. But I mean, different places depending on, you know, your economy and inflation, things like that. I usually try to tip between 18 and 22 depending but, um, you know, different regions, different strokes for different folks. But that, uh, yeah, that's, you know, I just kind of want to know. California, Jules, you guys are a little bit more pricey over there just because it's California. You know, your economy is a little we, bit different. We so. are, but I, I'm in the same boat as Eric. You know, if, if you're a server and you're giving, you're going out of your way to please me and make sure I have everything I need from the moment I sit down to right. the moment I leave your restaurant, 
you're going to get that 20%. And if I have a little extra in my wallet, you'll probably get that too because it's oh, sure. ultimately an experience whenever you go to a restaurant. And for me, I'm looking at every angle, the food, the kitchen. I'm looking at service. I'm looking at management. I watch everything, but it's a big deal to just care about what you're doing. And it really does come off and across when you're serving because people know when you're happy to do it or you're just like Eric said with, if you're in just a robot mode, you're just doing the moves right. that you need to do to get to the task, you know. So I mean, it goes a long ways, man. It does. And I think and, people and look at it different. And I'll tell you when I go out of my way to take care of the server, sometimes you know the issue is with the kitchen and oh, not yes. the server. Right. Oh, yes. And you – right? And and listen, it could be short staffing. It could be just they got slammed out of nowhere. There could be a lot of reasons why the kitchen just can't keep up with – uh, service. Correct. I know that the other tables are not going to keep that in mind and they're going to take it out on the server. Right. So I'm absolutely going to go above and beyond for the server in that situation. Yep. Because there's absolutely nothing they can do. Nothing they can do at all. And actually, and I don't know how well this, the story is going to kind of come across on, on a podcast, but funny you should mention kitchen, by the way. So my wife and I were um, – we have a sushi restaurant that's really close to us. We can walk out our front door and go there. And it, it and it's actually a nice – when you I mean they have the menu variety is nice. You know, I spend time in Japan so I know good Asian – good sushi food, what it is. They have the bar where they'll make it in front of you. You sit around the table. There's really good sake on the menu, et cetera, et cetera. My wife just got back from the Philippines about two or three months before we went over there. And – and where we're sitting, we're sitting at the bar. The kitchen was to the left of us, and there was a tip jar that was sitting up there, kind of a goldfish bowl that was sitting on the very corner. And there were some bills that were taped on there. And she's looking, and she's like, oh, I think that actually is Filipino money. You know, I, I remember because I just came back. And so she asked the guy that was at one of the, su- the sushi sh- chefs that was behind and she goes, oh, excuse me. She And she points at the jar, and she goes, hey, is that um, is that Filipino money? And I don't think he heard the money part, but when she was pointing, the kitchen was right behind the tip jar. And so he, with air of skipping a beat, he goes, oh, no, they're all Mexicans. Everybody back there is Mexicans (laughs) cooking. (laughs) A little awkward for a sushi place, but I thought that was kind of funny. So the way that where I learned uh, Spanish is I worked, you know, through a restaurant. I worked my way up to management I spent about a year and a half uh, doing back house and everybody was Mexican. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it, like if I, if I wasn't able to speak Spanish, I could not do my job. So it was absolutely imperative that I, I learn at least conversational and kitchen Spanish to be able to just get through what needs to be done. So I, you know, I, I guess every region is a little bit different, but in New Jersey, I mean, <laughs> everybody's Mexican in the, you know, right, right. Uh, whether it be the busboys, the dishwashers, most of the cooks. Um, I mean, that was, that was my job. That was to oh, find man. them, hire them, yeah. make sure they've got paperwork and communicate with them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I hear that a hundred percent. Same yeah. thing over here in California, man. We have a lot of Spanish-speaking guys in the back, even some ladies that are my prep ladies. And you know, when I first started, it was kind of the same boat. I started working in the fields in high school, so I was picking watermelons, tomatoes, you know, all the all these vegetables, and doing all this work. And I just never got the conversations. Well, after a while, I thought, 
I need to learn what they're talking about so I start having more fun at this. Well, little did I know it was going to go a long way because now everybody in the kitchen speaks Spanish. So you're absolutely right, man. I can see that. So how come the guy that's married to an Hispanic woman doesn't speak Spanish whatsoever? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get that, that part at all. And Eric, By the moved. way, is, is now a good time to reveal Julian's heritage? Because everybody thinks he's Hispanic. <laughs> they do. Which is kind of funny. Yeah. Well, hey, it's up to you, Jules, man, if you feel uh, confident. Let's do enough. it. For all you guys who don't know, I am American Indian and not the d- So I say, <laughs> oh, calm the fuck down. <laughs> Did you really oh, just do that? Oh, Jesus. <sighs> But <laughs> I, get, I get that completely. Oh, that's funny. Well, okay. <laughs> and we so so Shane Shane, if if you're able to edit that out for the the piece that everybody missed, uh, Jules is actually Native American. He is not Hispanic. Correct. So every we we, we actually have a a iTunes review where they talk about a Hispanic, a Jew, and a white guy. Shut up. Which was which there is, which was the confirmation from your point or somebody else's point that I'm apparently Caucasian, but not white. You, <laughs> Shane, are apparently white. <laughs> and Jay, who's actually Native American, <laughs> is Hispanic. Um, oh. I, I, I guess it doesn't matter, but it's, you know... It, it, it doesn't, but it's funny because maybe it's a South Park characters. I I don't know. I don't know what fucked that whole thing up. I mean, I'm not do- I, what I find funny is that Eric, you are sir a Caucasian, exactly like myself. However, you're not classified as that. Evidently, you're something on this other ledge over here, which I I don't get. No, I, I am most definitely Caucasian. <laughs> I would think the, so. The the discussion is whether I'm white or not. Oh, there gotcha. are there is a uh, group of the population that would say I am not white. I'm Jewish, which I, I don't understand how a theology and a race have anything to do with each other. Don't get it. Um, but you know what? Um, that's cool. I'm 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 good with that. Um, but Native American versus Hispanic is an interesting. Uh, Interesting uh, difference. It it is, and you know, and I talk to um, the dancing queen all the time because she is very often mistaken for uh, an Asian, which I find fucking hilarious. Oh, you yeah. know what? I could see that I a little. See that. Yeah. Oh, I fuck you guys. That. <laughs> That's fucking funny. No, why, why, why is that? Listen, first well, of all, bad thing. I, first of all, wait a minute. I'm hashtag Team Josephina. That's <laughs> hash pound. Hash pound. <laughs> Team Josephine. That's the first part. The second part is like she is a lovely young lady, but if you told me that she was Asian or part Asian, I could I kind agree. of see it. That's not yeah. a oh, yeah. dig in any way. No, I could too. Totally. In fact, when I first met her, I was like, so what's your family again? <laughs> I just, I want to sound awkward about it, but we literally have had conversations where we've been out about. And, and especially, this has come up a couple older gentlemen, where they just flat out asked her, so what are you? <laughs> and it was, I don't know if that's awkward or not, but I thought there's pretty bold and daring. We actually have a, um, we have something that was saved. I don't know if you guys remember this, but we kind of talked about, you know, get to know type thing, recorded some stuff. Um, you know, if you guys are curious, like I said, you know, we might do one of those specials. 
where we release it. And it's just kind of a backstory. It's who we are and kind of how we grew up. And, and you know, I think Julian surprises everybody with his fucking farm he has in Fresno. And Eric and everything that he's got going on in, in my childhood and what it was. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, we don't only just stop recording when this is done. There's a lot of bullshitting before, after, et cetera, et cetera. I've got all kinds of stuff compiled and, and maybe, uh, yeah, maybe there'll be a, a good Christmas gift. You know, we'll see what happens. I think happens. that would be a treat because, I mean, we have some stories and, you know, myself, I'm Grew up next door to a serial killer who murdered his whole family to now living in the backwoods on a farm. So, oh, dude. Holy yeah, shit. I've Which seen one? A little, I've seen a little of a little shit, yeah. That's crazy because that would be a good one for strange uncles if you wanted to do that story. <laughs> just, just saying. So. I'm pretty nervous about what I might have said without realizing it was for the show. Well. It's entirely, yeah. it's entirely possible I've said some things that were not intended for air. In any way, shape, or form. Oh, it's completely possible. No, oh, we'll, we'll, see that, that, we'll see what that looks like. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like you said, we just love doing this, you know, and it's it's one of those things. Um, speaking of specials, real quick, we'll throw this out there. For those of you guys who have not known, if you listen to our podcast, you probably saw it kind of pop up. But we did something for the uh, Ocean's 14 uh, get together we're going to do in a July and it was called the match game you know and again Chris off faces and aces kind of had the idea and he helped set it up and we all kind of conglomerated came together um it was really fun to do I really I enjoyed that and I've been getting good feedback I don't know what do you guys think it was a lot of fun I laughed a lot man I just want to know how I'm the only one that wound up with like some kind of shady backstory that they had to deny <laughs> and then it like, kept going on Twitter like, nope no, nobody else was mentioned by name, but if you didn't listen to it yet, like <laughs> apparently Eric Rosenthal has this like shady history that, you know, <laughs> needs to be discussed at length, which is far from true, but uh, it was all in good fun. We had a great time, um, you know, hashtag no fanny pack. Hashtag uh, no fanny pack. That's that's right. No fanny pack. And the irony is when we actually the day we did it, we we laid it down to record. You know, my wife and I went to this eighties thing and the first thing she saw was a fanny pack and she snapped a picture of it and I'm like, Oh, oh this is Eric. Totally, I found your fanny pack. So, you know, the joke continued, which I, you know, I thought that was kind of funny. So nice. But it was fun. It was really a blast. So much appreciated. And um, you know, that is rolling into Guys, join us if you don't have plans on the end of July. Uh, some of us are going to Laughlin, Nevada. Some of us are going to Atlantic City. Um, and it's going to be great. We actually got a, a Midwesterner our way, which you guys heard on the last podcast. But it, it will be fun. So it's uh, from the 27th to the 29th of July. And uh, we got everything going on. Kyle and Jadan and Randy already had kind of a meeting of the minds of what they're going to kind of set up for Laughlin. And, and we're looking for live podcast for news. And... It's going to be fun. It's going to be really cool. Even though Laughlin's just going to be fucking hot, evidently, from what I what I gather. Well, you guys got water back, so you should be fine. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. <laughs> anyway. No, I I think Laughlin runs like 10 degrees hotter than Vegas. Oh, it does. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think you're looking at a buck 20. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ almighty. Well, you know, what you gets me, there's a river right there, people. How can it be? Well, you know, I don't know. Well, there's paddle boats that go back and forth. I think we're just going to try to make our make our way on the uh, on the lifeboats and the rafts and see what we can do back and forth. They the have air conditioning and they nice. have drinks inside the casinos. 
If you're doing anything outside of the casinos, you're crazy. Shane, they got these weird things around the casino. They're like half-licking tables, and people throw dice at them. You should take some money, go up to the table, and (laughs) try to win some. It'll be fun, man. You know, I'm hooked on Pygo now, actually. You know, Joy Gibson and Norman, those guys got me on Pygo in Vegas. That's a nice slow – that's my pace of a game. I enjoy that. That's fun. Nice. Can you define hooked for me? Um – it was a clever Disney movie with Dustin Hoffman. I don't know. What are you, what are you looking for okay. here? Can, can you define being hooked on PyGow? Does that mean that you will play on every trip? Does that mean that you are setting aside funds specifically for it? Or does that mean anytime there's like a big group get together, that'll be your default? All right, if I have to gamble, that's what I'll play. That is actually a very good question. I will say I'm not sending funds necessarily across from it because it takes a while to lose your funds. I mean, I have a little bit of sure. a nest egg. But if I go get – well, we're going to go Wendover. I think we're going to Wendover, Nevada, Wendover uh, Nevada this Saturday, I think. And I already kind of scoped out a couple of casinos that do pie gal on the side. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it because it's a – it's socializing. Nothing's going too quick. You know You know what's laid out in front of you. Definitely on large groups, I think so. Especially that way I can kind of, you know, I can dip my toe into the whole gambling thing so I don't feel so, uh, you know. Only so many people enjoy listening to history for so long before they got to break off and go do something with the gambling thing. So that's my way to kind of, you know, get in the, in the mix of it. But it was fun. Like I said, it was fun. It was, you know. I, I like pie gal poker, but I call it something different. Oh, slow as shit poker? No, I call it drink and push. Oh, my God. That's a good porn name. That's nice. That's all all that you do in Pygow poker is you drink and you push. Like if you are up or down more than five units in any session, like you've had had some variance. Because realistically, (laughs) all all you're doing is sitting there drinking. I think you push 70% of the time is I think the number – yeah, and, I was talking to the guy. You know, right? And then the rest of it is a it's a 50-50 between you and the dealer with a 5% house commission on a win. So, you know, if you keep your bets low enough, you could drink your way through the commission, no problem. <laughs> well, you know what gets it, me most of it is when you literally, when they talk about, oh, talk to the house, see what the house rules are. You know, it sounds fancy. All that fucking means is you're laying your cards out and have the dealer go, okay, this is what would what would you do? I mean, it's just there's no, you know, even if you're just not even you don't even want to think. There's really no thought to it. They're gonna tell you exactly what to line up, what's high, what's low, lay everything down. That's that's just is a rule that I've never heard of. You know, there's no calculations necessarily to it if you don't want there to be any. Does that make sense? It's yeah. like yeah, it's kind of like if you're going to just have the dealer set it the house way. It's a lot like war, you know, like just the rank of the cards or the rank of the cards. Although I did hear something very funny and I, I don't know who to attribute it to, but somebody said to me very recently, oh, you like Baccarat now? Yeah, that's like casino war for rich people. <laughs> and I was like, well, I, I don't I don't think that's the case but baccarat's the same way like you place your bet player banker and then they turn the cards and whoever has the better hand wins like there's nothing there's nothing to do with it that's fine yes i will go for the record saying i love me some war man 
I love that damn game. <laughs> it's like National Lampoon's vacate, <laughs> Vegas vacation again. Oh, they don't have these games at the Mirage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they got the, hand. Yeah, yeah. Rock, paper, scissors, <laughs> shit like that. Oh, by the way, no, how no. was that movie? No, the best the best one is pick a number. Six. Yes. No, I was thinking of seven. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great movie. I was gonna say, Jules, how's that movie? You bought it what? I fucking a week ago? enjoyed it. The first five minutes in, I couldn't stop smiling when he's driving home and he's yelling Vegas, Vegas, and he's reading the pamphlet. Oh, yeah, dude, yeah, all over so the fucking mean. road. Yeah. Man, that's cool. That's some old. There's some uh, trivia in there too. By the way, one of these days we'll get into. Uh, maybe we'll do an episode on Vegas movies because it, it's really funny what you think you see and where they actually film that and vice versa. You really kind of got to dig into it a little bit. But yeah, it, it's you know the whole Siegfried and Roy thing and the. Yeah. It's, it's a good show. It, it's classic. You know. So yeah, and fuck off, Mitchell. I know that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Fair and Loathing, but that is Whoa. a fucking classic family show. It's really good. Oh, hey, he Mitchell, on, on behalf of the rest of Vegas Confessions, <laughs> we'd like you to keep listening. We appreciate it. And, uh, <laughs> that one you, listener. You could, watch, you could watch whatever you like, man. We're cool with it. Just, uh, you know, uh, thanks for being around, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love him to death. Um, another thing talking about shows, I guess, in media a little bit. Jules, did you have something that somebody was going to do on Caesars? Yeah, so... Sunday, July 8th, Travis Pastrana will attempt Evil Knievel's jump on the Las Vegas Strip. Travis Pastrana, his jumps are set to air live on the History Channel at 5 p.m., attempting to surpass Evil Knievel's leap of 50 crushed cars and 14 buses. Pastrana will be adding two buses to that madness. Hmm. This can be witnessed behind Planet Hollywood, Paris, and Bally's, followed by taking a shot at the Caesars Palace Fountains. The event is free and open to the public at two different locations. The first one beginning at 3.30, again, behind Planet Hollywood, Paris, and Bally's, where he'll be doing the two jumps, and then at 6 o'clock in front of the Caesars Palace Fountains. Also, a viewing party will be hosted by Evil Pie with Pastrana (laughs) pizza specials and a cheese slice and a beer for six bucks. That is cool. I've got a real question. This is a, this is like a legit, serious question from Uh-oh. somebody who doesn't give a damn about any of those theatrics. <laughs> if he's able to pull it off, does that mean we're going to have another pizza place downtown? Ooh, that's a Ooh. good question. Maybe it's just that you're thinking maybe it's just strictly a promo. And that's what he's looking for. No, no, you're uh, you're giving them too much credit from a marketing <laughs> perspective. Uh, drama uh, pizza. We just, we just have so many downtown pizza places right oh, now. It is flooded um, right now. I, I'm I'm just wondering if this guy pulls it off. Does somebody look at Evil Pie's success or and, and just say, you know what, we're, we're gonna we're gonna one up it. Here we go. You know, yeah, maybe. But here's another thing too. I mean. Partner of the Evil Pie, fucking genius. I mean, that is a good idea. I don't know, Eric, if you've ever been in there, but the whole idea of Evil Pie is around Evil Knievel to a certain point. They got pictures all over the wall, you know. So I and here's another question for you, for you history fans. Did any one of you guys actually watch Evil Knievel do the Caesars jump? I don't think we were alive, Shane. Well, I wasn't either. But well, yeah, I was. No, I don't know. I'm thinking it was. No, what, do, we, do, we know, do we know what year it was? 
Uh, I think it was. You I know wish what? we had Doctor Kevin his Google in the middle of I the know. podcast. Bro. I like to say it was either seventy three or seventy five, but I cannot do not hate mail me if that is not the years. But I believe that was kind of around the years. But he really fucked himself up bad on that landing. Like it was not. It yeah. didn't go well. So. You know, but it just kind of, you know, yeah, it's promotional, whatever. Da, da. We get technology nowadays. Obviously, we don't have rocket cars that can go across the Grand Canyon. We've got things a little bit fucking better than what he was trying to put together and ride through. But, uh, you know, it just nostalgia purposes. Eh, it's kind of cool, kind of catchy, you know. So, and Travis so, Pastrama so, is uh, Nitro Circus, I believe. So, if we go with Evil Knievel in 75. Right, Jay, you weren't born then, right? Oh, I'll just stay out of the conversation. <laughs> at this point. No, 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 seriously, <laughs> Jay, 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 what year were you born? Eighty-six, brother. And what's your mother's maiden name? Evil. Annette. <laughs> and the last four of your social. Oh, single. <laughs> just, just for the benefit of the podcast, the pin number on your ATM. <laughs> Eric, do you, what do you work for? Wells Fargo? <laughs> Calm down, oh, over there, Jesus. That's funny. All right. If you look at the back of your credit card on the stripe, there's a three-digit code. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Fuck. All right. The long and the short of it, Shane, is he and I were not alive for that, so we can't comment. You know, you can't be much younger than me. I never thought to ask you what your birthday was. I think he, he – no, he's just – I think he's fucking really around. not a millennial, right? You think? It, Eric, it what, was your, what, on, what year were you born? It depends on – 1980. It depends oh. on the year where they draw the millennial. I think. From the casino's perspective, I'm lumped in as a millennial. From <laughs> other, right, I'm like the only bald millennial with a white beard. Uh, maybe, maybe that's why. I thought they cut it off like at 79. I think you're fucked, sir. I think you lost about like one year to be a millennial. God damn. It, it depends. Some of them go by 1980. Some of them go by later numbers. Um, <laughs> with Within the industry that I am in, when we look at millennials, we go further out. So I would be solidly not a millennial. But there are certain um, groups that lump 1980 in as a millennial. That's really stretching it, though, I think. My wife, Dancing Queen, was, she's 1986. She was born the same year Jules was born. And she's on that, just that tail end of, shut up. She's on that tail end of missing what millennials are. Just the tail end. I was a Generation X. That's where I was. So. You were born in 64? No. 73. (laughs) I was on the tail end of that. I'm just Nice one, though. Fucking nice. But that's cool. You know, again. Yeah, kind of neat that he's doing it. You know, I want to mind. Uh, I want to mind checking that out. I had uh, most of Evil Knievel toys when I was a kid. He had like a wind up thing. He had anyway. I'm dating myself, but it was really yeah, kind of neat what he accomplished back in his day. The guy broke a lot of bones. The undisputed king of motorcycle daredevils is Evil Knievel. For three decades, the entire world was a witness of his success or failure. His most memorable stunt gone bad was in 1967. Caesar's Palace, Las Vegas, Nevada. The injury 
stories at Caesar's Palace are shocking. Evil Knievel breaks over 40 bones and is in a coma for 30 days. He never attempted the jump again, but the legend of Caesar's was born. Awesome, Eric. So how did the rest of your trip wrap up at AC, bro? Um, so the fourth was interesting. Uh, like I mentioned, I had my whole family with me. I did not step foot on the casino floor the whole time oh, wow. uh, that I was there. Yeah, you know, I think I, I probably differ from a lot of people. Um, I enjoy being in a casino. I enjoy uh, the things that come with being at a casino. Um, do I gamble? I do, but I can enjoy being in a casino without gambling at all. And generally speaking, when I have my kids with me, it's not really a gambling trip. And uh, Ocean Resort is such a fantastic property. You can have a great time without ever being in, a, ever being in the casino. Um, hmm. And I might add, you know, Kyle pointed out that, you know, I'll shill things for like a beer. You know, <laughs> uh, I, I'm not receiving anything from Ocean either. It's just uh, a fantastic property at an incredible value if you know how to navigate the Hyatt reward system at all. Um, and I highly, highly recommend if you can come out here during the summer to check it out. It's just unbelievable. Um, so I didn't have uh, any gambling win or loss to speak of, uh, but we had a great time. And um, yeah, that's it. You know, welcome to my world, sir, where you can actually walk around a casino and not gamble. You, you're living my everyday thing because I just love the lights and everything else that's going on. But you actually had something that we talked about. Um, it was about love. How'd that go? About love. Oh, 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 oh okay. <laughs> now I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, so that was, that was interesting. So uh, Saturday morning I had – left Atlantic city. I drove an hour and 45 minutes North to pick up my wife to drive back down to Philly. Yeah. So we could see one of her favorite podcasts perform live. And it was, it, <laughs> she had a great time and that's all that mattered. There you go. Well said spoken like a gentleman. I think I did the same thing I, with, um, you know, with the kin play, concert on the time it was hey she had a great time okay let's i go. i i will trade you <laughs> i'm oh, sure you all will. right so wait wait wait, wait. I, I do i do have i do have a funny story all right so it's like 95 degrees outside in godforsaken philadelphia in a in a theater that was probably built in the 1920s so air conditioning was not like good if it was there <laughs> And I fell asleep a third of the way through the show. Oh, Jesus, guys, oh, really? Which, 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 which in and of itself would not be terrible, except I, I had a drink in my hand. Oh, no. So, so as I fell asleep, I apparently, like, spilled the drink all over my wife's chair. <laughs> so there was no there was no um good way of playing off the fact that i had 
dozed off uh, the first, uh. second, or fifth time. Um, <laughs> and and the part that I stayed awake for, there were two parts. So, um, again, they don't need us to plug them, but the show was the last podcast on the left. And they're usually pretty good. The guy that my wife really likes is Ben Kissel. And really he happens to be he happens to be uh, intelligent, funny, like he's the kind of guy that I'd probably want to get a beer with. But here's the kicker. You ready now? For those of you who haven't met me, I'm a pretty big guy. I'm a pretty big guy, right? Nobody's going to mistake me for uh, being petite in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Jill, I can't throw that word at, out there. <laughs> And at, right. And I'm going there and the, the joke is like, I'm going to look Ben Kissel in the eye and I'm going to tell him to go fuck himself. The problem is I'm six two. The fucking guy is six, seven. <laughs> yes. had no, I had no <laughs> idea how tall he was. It's like, all right, I get it. You're my wife's favorite podcaster. You're fucking taller than me too. And not like a little bit. Like I like I, you know, we, we had the meet and greet package, so we get to hang oh. out and you know, we take some pictures with them. I shake his hand and I look and I'm literally looking up at the fucking guy. Like it was Poor salt on oh. the wound. It's all fucking. Oh. Yeah, you know, I mean, not nothing, nothing bad, but it's like Jesus. You got to be taller than me too. Come on, man. <laughs> the pictures, yeah, the pictures are great. Yeah, you look like the small guy in the whole picture. Oh my no, God. that's not true. Kissel is a lot taller than me. Everybody else, I tower over. It mm. Definitely tower over me. That's fucking for sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No. The other the other two are like five ten, five eleven. That that wasn't an issue. And you know, I'll tell you something. Um, oh, what's his name? Shane, help me out. Uh, Henry. Uh, Henry. Henry. Yeah. Henry. Yeah. What's his last name? Henry Zabrowski. Zabrowski. So the guy's funny. <laughs> he is. Funny. He's 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 legitimately funny. I don't know if it's shtick for the show or if it is legitimately his worldview but he portrays himself as a satan worshiper oh yeah <sighs> yeah so i can explain okay. that <laughs> so, uh, well uh, let me finish and then i'll ask you to explain it <laughs> yeah so i'm um, sitting in this theater in 95 degrees uh, w- on content which is not really my choice and then the guy went on a rant for about 15 minutes talking about uh, I belong to probably the largest fraternal organization in the world. And he made it a point uh, – and, and uh, by the way, I don't care what you worship or what your beliefs are or lack of beliefs are for that matter. But one of the fundamental precepts of the organization – is that you have a belief in something greater than you. How you define that is up to you. Most people use the term God, um, but we don't care who you pray to. There's just some, um, there's, there's a benefit into believing that we all belong to something greater than us, right? However you define it is up to you. The guy went on like a 15 minute rant specifically about the organization that I belong to and to 
basically how we are the um, we are the problem, so to speak, and uh, that uh, satanic worship would be your savior. It was wow, <laughs> it, yeah, and, and and it was in Philadelphia, so. Um, uh, you know, to most people, I don't think that part matters, but to me, that that definitely made it. You know, it, it makes worse. it weird. And you know, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I get, and that was I get what you're going. and that was before I realized Ben Kissel was five inches taller than me. <laughs> so, so all in all, it was a fantastic time. Oh. But my wife, my wife loved it. She really enjoyed it, and it was about her having a good time. So that's all that matters. That is all that matters. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, honestly, just to put a pin in it, I, I, some of that stick. And I think he really did it for because you are in Philadelphia, the founding fathers. This is where da da da, this is happening. He's not a Satanist necessarily, but he loves turning the shit. Now, whether he believes that your fraternal organization, which I know who you're talking about, is part of the problem. I, you know, the jury's out on that because I think he probably thinks it might be. And that's, you know, that's what makes the show colorful. I've been listening to those guys for like six years. And, and yeah, some of their ideas are, are kind of off spoof necessarily to say the least. Um, he officially became a MUFON member now, which is the UFO organization for those of you who don't know. So I think his head's gotten a little bit larger and he just got done filming a movie as well. So I think that adds to that uh, head to a certain point. But, you know, it is what it is. But if your wife liked it, you know, Ben Kissel. All that matters. He's fucking, that's all that matters. Ben Kissel's, ben Kissel's a good guy. So, but uh, again, we don't have to plug him. And I know you guys might be tired of, you know, if any of you actually are listening to that podcast now that we've um, uh, raved, evidently, about them, <laughs> I guess write us and let us know. We'll go from there. So, All right. So another thing I wanted to touch on is you said when you go with the family to Ocean. It's not necessarily a gambling trip. So I didn't tell you fellas this, but before we went to Vegas Memorial Week, me and my wife had visited the casino, I think, twice. And I was trying to save up, save up, save up. And son of a bitch, was it hard not to pull money out and just play for a little bit. So I I, I get what you're kind of saying. I didn't play, but, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I can only just, what's $200? Let's play real quick. But I didn't do it. So. It was one of those, you know, there's some trips where you can go and enjoy the casino. There's other things to do. And we did. We went. We ate. We found other things to do. We met up with friends, had a good time, had some drinks at the bar, and just hung out. But, again, like you said, you don't have to go just to gamble. So it was cool to see you can make special trips. Maintain. (laughs) Yeah. Glad I'm not alone. So uh, all three of us can uh, spend time in casinos enjoying ourselves and – not have to worry about action. It's a good thing. You know, speaking of action, Uh-oh. I've got, no, yeah, I've got something <laughs> I'd like to discuss. Okay. I had a, I had a personal incident and I don't know if I'm overplaying it. Um, I will leave names out because that shouldn't matter. I had uh, an incident on the weekend before uh, my, my family came on the trip. So a grown man who I consider to be a friend had made a wager with me. Mm. Okay. At, and the terms of the wager are really not important. They're not germane to the conversation. 
Okay. But there's there's no disputing that a wager was made. There's no disputing that a wager was decided. He definitely lost the wager. I definitely won the wager. The terms of the wager were not in question. Um, but he decided not to pay me because oh. it was because he received the desired result regardless of paying me or not. And huh. I struggle with this because if the same individual said to me, hey, I need X amount of money, no questions asked, I would have just given it to him. There would yeah, have been right. no thought in my mind. Yeah. But since we've already covered, like, we don't need to gamble. So it's not, it's not about gambling. Right. But when you make a wager, it's very different than, I think, any other set of social rules. My expectation when you make a wager is that you are good to your word. And if you're not going to honor a wager that was made, what you're telling me is that your word is no good. Morality. And I, I uh, yeah. So this, this goes beyond the money because right now, if the individual were to offer me the money, I wouldn't accept it at this point. It, it's not about the money. But there's kind of an, I don't want to say honor amongst thieves, but an honor amongst gamblers, right? Like I would trust a gambler that I know with much more money than I would, you know, somebody who I know equally as well, but they're not a gambler, which is probably counterintuitive, but there is just this, there is this unspoken rule that, even if you're going to fuck somebody out of something, you're not you're not going to welch on a wager, right? Right. And and I got to be honest this this was um, this was really like a big deal. It's still a big deal thing to me, and I think yeah. it it defines the relationship. And I don't know how to move forward or move past it. Do either of you have any experience with this or uh, comments that you'd like to make? I, I, I do if, if you don't mind. So, and again, my, you know, we know each other fairly well and I, my ethical and my morality standpoints are different for most people. I think that really goes back to what the fuck happened in the old days when you could shake someone's hand and you knew that was a guarantee. You know, whatever they're going to say, whatever they're going to do, that, you know, there wasn't a contract, there wasn't a piece of paper signed. You just knew that morally, that person that you shook that hand with or you made that agreement with was going to come to that. You know, not necessarily about gambling, but it goes to a broader term, I feel. And it really kind of puts a bad taste in your stomach when you know, especially, I've been friends with people who I didn't know their work ethic, for example. And then all of a sudden I find out their work ethic. I can't be friends with them anymore because they don't have a work ethic. I mean, it really kind of, it, it chases down a rabbit hole. Uh, I mean, I feel for you. I, and I completely understand, I, I think, when it comes to that. No matter what the topic would be, it's one of those things where, you know, you make, you say something. That's kind of what that means. You know, it holds up and it should hold true. Where do we go and where are we when that it doesn't exist anymore or that's going away slowly. Um, yeah. That, I mean, that's my viewpoint. I don't know, Jules, what do you think? I think I'm going to start off with 
Eric, I'm sorry. I promise I will pay Craig his bowl of cereal. <laughs> Check your fucking thing. No, but I'm I'm going to go right back to, you know, your word means everything about you, especially when it comes to the gambling community. Yes, we meet these people frequently. We like to hang out with these people. And when it becomes a personal friend and it's a debt that doesn't get paid or it's, you know, whether it be a bet or just a friendly whatever wager. Your word is your word. And at the end of the day, if I can't trust you on your word, I'd be damned if I'm going to trust you with money. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately my stance on it. If, if, if I've trusted you enough and I, and I got a spot for you in my heart to lend you money out of my wallet and I'd expect you're going to give it back, you do. And then something else down the road, you end up burning me. Uh, I, I'm a big believer on I forgive, but I don't forget. You know what I mean? So here's the thing, though, like in my mind, if this individual asked to borrow money and said to me, hey, I'll get back to you next month and he didn't get back to me, I wouldn't be as upset. Like, like the the money could be the same. Right. I'd be out the same amount of money theoretically. But there's just something that goes with a wager that is above and beyond terms and conditions of any loan. Like if, if there were, uh, and, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, like if this individual said, you know, give me 200 bucks, I can't pay you back, but I need it now. And you can't ask about it. I would have just given it to him. Hmm. Yeah. Like that, 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 that I, that I could be okay with. That's like, all right, I, I don't know what you're getting into. But when when you enter into a wager that changes everything, that is not like I need money, that is not like holy shit, I'm in a bad spot, please right. help me out. Right. Like the right. the and this individual should have the means to cover this wager, which was not like huge in nature. Right. And and not only was there verbal confirmation, there was a handshake and there were six witnesses. So this is not even like disputable in any way, shape or form. That's what gets me. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, come on, man, you got to square up. Like there's there's no way around this. And and then and I get it. And it was your friend. So it it just stings that much more. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. Hey, Jules, can I borrow some money? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> no, you know it, it's an it's an ethical thing. It really boils down to uh, and totally, Eric. When you say that, like, hey, if somebody asks me, I'm gonna don't ask questions. This I will get you back here. That completely changes the. So it's an ethics portion of that point. So I, and you know, and again, it's shitty you're in that situation because I'm assuming that this guy's been a friend maybe for a while, and if that is the case. That really puts a a sore on a lot of things like that's going to be hard. Like Joel said, I will forgive, but I will never forget. You know, it, yeah. it's just one of those things. And yeah, that's I, it's a bummer. I don't even I don't even know that I can forgive. Oh, that's yeah. a step further. Yeah, yeah. It, it really huh. like it, it's it's one of those things where I you know I give everybody a chance to. Uh, and you Take don't, have, you, once, don't you, know? you don't have to forgive. You just you don't forget it. You know what I mean? You just you know that this has taken place. There's no future wagers with that person. He's not viable for his word. I mean, right. Just right. 
that that's ultimately the, your only stance and the only way you can look at look at it without driving yourself bonkers. And, and the thing is, you probably will hang with this guy before this person or this girl or whoever it is after you know maybe certain circumstances, scenarios, whatever have you. But that still doesn't change. No. It. That just dropped a wall right no. now. No, you're done. No, you're I'm, done. I, oh. No, I'm done. Oh, there you go. I'm yeah. done. You can't. You yeah. can't. You, I mean, it's like the ultimate form of disrespect in my mind. Did Dude. you have that conversation with him? Can I ask that? Is that too personal? Like, did you follow up with what the fuck, or is or it, should you it, he it, know? It kind of it kind of spiraled out of control from there. So Shit. the details of the conversation, I guess, are are not as important. You know, uh, I, I think this, and the only reason why this pertains to. Vegas confessions is I think the type of people who go to Vegas regularly will generally have some sort of wager amongst friends on a sure yeah. somewhat, oh, yeah. somewhat regular basis. Right. Yeah. So this isn't a Vegas story. This isn't a uh, bet that occurred in a sports book or a casino, but I, I am curious as to what everybody thinks about this. It is not a, uh, like in my mind, it's cut and dry. Like if, if you won't honor your wager, even when you know that you lost, we're, we've got nowhere to go from here. But yeah, you know, I kind, I kind of expected, and you know, it's kind of shitty airing this, but I'm not mentioning any names. Yeah. Um, but I've had this conversation with people that I know that are not gamblers that are not, um, Vegas fanatics of any way shape or form or even atlantic city fanatics and to a man everybody said to me no you can't you can't do that right like yeah no you're right if if you welch on a bet you're just not you're not somebody i want to associate with you know i'm with you 100 percent. i think and again uh folks we're not (laughs) trying to leave on a downside but i think a lot of people out there probably have been in that situation whether you're a gambler or not i mean it's a friendship thing you know so you know we'd be interested it'd be one of those things where you know what do you guys think uh vegas confessions at gmail.com you can actually call us 559-461-7488 not to throw a a glorious promo out there but we're going to and yeah eric dude i'm damn i i don't yeah I, i don't think i have we have an answer other than just what had happened but there's a lot of scarring going on there, and yeah, what do you what do you fucking do? You know, that's the thing. You know, I think it's a part of not saying that this story happened because of a casino, but I've seen it in the casino where someone lends someone money and they're walking out of the casino. What do you mean you don't got money? You lost right. it all, and they're pissed right. off. So I mean, it happens. Maybe that's a Twitter poll question we throw up this week: is do you lend yeah. friends money in the casino? Like there you go. maybe that's. I mean, this won't, this, this won't change my opinion about lending people money or, or, or anything like that, because anybody who I want in my life, I have to expect will make an honest effort to be good to their word. Right. Right. So somebody, somebody who behaves poorly should not change your worldview. You can't, you can't let that happen. Um, That's how people be get, they get jaded like that. They have one bad experience or one bad thing. And then all of a sudden they're closed down to the world. You can't do that. You know, I'm the same with Eric. I've never, you know, you burn me once. It's my fault. Burn me twice or burn me once. It's your fault. Burn me twice. It's it's my fault completely, you know, but every scenario is different every single time. You, you can't shut down like that. So anyway, let's play some happy promo, happy promo.
Every year, over 40 million people travel to Las Vegas, with each person creating as many as three memorable stories per visit. This means annually, over 120 million stories about what happened in Vegas have been left behind in Vegas, abandoned, scared, and alone, leaving the city with a massive story over population crisis. This is why Faces and Aces Las Vegas has partnered with Vegas Confessions to bring you the stories that have been left behind in Vegas. By downloading and listening, you'll be hearing stories that deserve to be set free. Please, for as little as two hours a week, you can make a difference. What happens in Vegas doesn't have to stay in Vegas anymore. Faces and Aces Las Vegas is available on most podcasting platforms. Visit the website at facesandacesLV.com and follow the show on Twitter at facesandacesLV. Won't you download and listen and help set these stories free? And together, we can help solve the story overpopulation problem by releasing them into the wild. Sounds good. So as you guys know, we are Vegas Confessions, and we love to talk everything from Vegas to Atlantic City and casino itself. And sometimes we have to get personal with you. So <laughs> that being said, we really hope you guys are enjoying the show. Again, thank you guys for listening. Please do us a huge favor. Leave us the iTunes reviews. Reach out. Share us so people can find us. Again, it goes a long way. Thank you guys for listening. Cheers. Yeah, like Julian said, you know, um, I think this is kind of a love that we do. And, uh, you know, it can always be all fun and games. But, you know, you guys have always been in the same situation. So, you know, let us know. Reach out. Talk to us. You know, we're getting a little bit more and more as we go. Um, but uh, some of the stuff we talk about today is just, I, I don't know, think topics that people really want to kind of have an answer to, like the gratuity thing. I'd like to have an answer to it. So let us know. Cheers. Thanks for listening, guys. Cheers. Me and you, one-on-one, against the world. Talked 
chatting on the telephone for hours at a time And else I was at your house or you was at mine And then came the arguments and all kinds of problems Besides making love, we had nothing in common It couldn't last longer cause it started out strong But I guess we went about the whole thing wrong Cause out of nowhere it just came to an end Because we became lovers before we were friends That these are the people that we call friends. 